Hi, I'm Molly Weinberg, and I'm a Philly-based lifestyle influencer who gives all the deets when it comes to wellness, travel, even entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Molly Weinberg Podcast, where I chat with experts ranging from gut health specialists to fashion icons and everything in between. I want to share all the specifics to help you live your best life. I'm not sparing any details. Yep, no questions are off limits. Every week, you will walk away from each episode feeling more motivated and more informed than before. Tune in weekly to the Molly Weinberg Podcast to never miss a beat. The only time you need to add preservatives and fillers and binding all these things is when you're using bad ingredients that don't last long, you know? The stuff from the earth was made to last, and, and that's what we're doing. Brandon Mizrahi, founder of Renewed, grew up in LA, went to UCLA, graduated top of his class, then went on to pursue tech, yet all along he was getting sick all of the time. He kept dealing with low energy, brain fog, hormone imbalances, IBS, feeling bloated, we've all been there, and asthma. He tried all of the remedies, like pharma, herbs, and every diet you can think of. Anyway, after he learned about chaga, he started making it the old-fashioned way, a 48-hour steep and mixing it with coffee. It went from at-home market research by selling at local farmer's markets to being an Alfred coffee real fast. Brandon dedicated a year to lab testing, formulating, and creating the healthiest, cleanest, and most delicious drink on the planet, Chaga Chino, which by the way, it's a staple in my morning coffee. I love the taste, but the health benefits are incredible too. Great for your skin and immune system. Anyway, you guys are going to freak over this episode. Brandon is unbelievably knowledgeable like clearly a genius, and I can't wait for you all to learn as much as I did. So with that, let's get started. First of all, thank you very much for being here. I know you're really in demand at the moment. My pleasure. I want to ask you, what's your go-to coffee drink? <laughs> Every single day, I'll have a chocachino and sometimes in the afternoon. So one to two a day. But the only question is, am I going to have it hot or cold over ice or hot? And that's that's the biggest decision I have to make when it comes to coffee. Prior to making this chaga chino or even having chaga from Renewed on a daily basis, what was your go-to coffee routine or morning beverage to get yourself ready to go? Yeah, great question. I've obviously got a lot more into the geeky side of coffee. So like before chaga chino and kind of getting into this whole coffee world and doing a deep dive on just like coffee beans and they should be roasted within the last two weeks and ground up, you know, on the spot, the oils come out and pulling a double shot of espresso and the proper way to do that. And then like, where do the beans come from and light roast versus medium and dark roast and organic versus biodynamic farming. And there's just so much on coffee, you know, hybrid beans. I was just using an AeroPress before to pull a shot of espresso or two shots of espresso. You know, I think a NASA scientist invented the AeroPress and it's like 20 or $30 and you're manually pulling this amazing shot or two shots of espresso. So that's how I was making my coffee before. And then I could take those espresso shots and either add water and have a nice, you know, what do they call that? Um, Americano, Americano. Or, right. Or add milk. You know, most drinks on the menu are just how much milk you add. A cappuccino is X amount of milk. A latte is is more milk. And a macchiato is different size of milk. A cortado is equal parts water and milk. So a lot of the drinks in the cafes are just variations on how much milk is in the drink. I learned that later too, but I wasn't getting crazy fancy at the time. I was just building it from an AeroPress. But now I have one of those fancy barista breville machines and I'm grinding the beans on the spot and I'm pulling it like the baristas in the cafe would and I'm adding my chocachino powder and mixing it up and getting the same oat and almond milks that they make in the cafes and uh, sometimes I'll make my own and Nutri-Milk or one of those cool machines. It's so good. I look forward to it every morning, you know, like having my chocachino. I can't do it. But in terms of other beverages, I'll always have, you know, green juice in the morning as well. I'm not a big breakfast person, so usually it's a green juice, a chagachino, um, that's my go-to. Sometimes I'll make a smoothie out of the green juice. I'll add frozen bananas to it and some almond butter or peanut butter. Delicious. And you got like a green juice shake. My husband's on a new kick of cashew butter in his shakes. I don't know if you've tried, mm. but he really recommends. For skipping, yeah, really any nut butter is good. 
for um, avoiding or skipping or not a huge fan of breakfast, do you typically intermittent fast or you're just not a breakfast lover? I've gone through periods of intermittent fasting and cycle it in and out. I, I think I'm a big believer in like an intermittent fast, the 16, eight, I think is very doable. You know, you stop having dinner around six or seven o'clock and you, you, you stop eating at that point. And then first meal at 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Um, I've tried all the diets. I mean, keto, blood type diet, you know, low glycemic, paleo, low carb. I, I've literally done them all. For me, like, it's just what I try and do what's manageable and so have like a quality of life enjoyment. And like for keto, for example, I was doing a very strict, no ketchup, no teriyaki sauce, no anything with sugar. And I was measuring my blood, my ketones. I was definitely in ketosis. So I know what it's like to fuel my body from fat instead of sugar. And I know the feeling and it's, it is good, but the quality of life is tough. And, and I ended up eating so much meat and cheese and it's really hard to do plant-based. Maybe they're starting to come up with methods to do it. Cause this was years ago when I got really into the keto kick, but the Chaga Chino is keto friendly. Keto just means like low carb. You know, keto just means low glycemic. And maybe some people treat keto now like it's a day of the week, like a meatless Monday. I'm going to do some keto today or I'm going to go low carb today. It's, it's an extreme and an extremely hard diet. You know, I've done like five day fasts. Wait, and I've done five some really day fasts. Yes. What? There's a doctor out of USC who's like a longevity, health and wellness, anti-aging specialist named Dr. Walter Longo. And he's at the university. He's published a lot of peer reviewed papers. And he has a, you may have heard of it. He has a program called Prolon. Basically, like when you're intermittent fasting or in keto, ketosis or in these states, all of the, the, the mutating cells in your body, you know, precancerous cells or anything that kind of has damage gets cleaned out. You know, it's kind of like this internal car wash in your, in your body basically like resets. And one way to do that is, is by fasting. After about three days, I would say you get into the, that state where your body is just getting rid of all those unhealthy cells. And they recommend doing it quarterly or semi-annually. So two to four times a year, it's just not easy and it's not fun. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the thing. Like, and that's, that's the concept around the Chocachino is that's why I have it every day. Like these diets I've tried to try this, I've done that. I've tried this five day fast and I experiment a lot on myself just always also to, to feel better. But this fast, myself. did you drink other yeah, things so besides it, water or just water? Yeah, water and tea, but it has to be like a no calorie, no caffeine type of tea, like a hibiscus. It's like 300 calories a day. Cause you, cause you're getting your vitamins in it. He has this program where you get your vitamins and these little like packets that you put water in and it ends up being like two or 300 calories for the day. So you're getting the vitamins in your body you need, but you're still in a fasting state. I need to interview him next. Are the vitamins- You should interview him. I yeah. should. Walter, Are they... Walter Longo. Yeah. He's, it's incredible stuff. Are the vitamins that you're taking the same across the board or he does, he draws blood to see like what you need versus someone else? They're the same because they've done clinical trials. So they basically want to keep you in a fasted state and giving you the least amount of calories and vitamins and supplements that um, are necessary. So they make the fast a little easier by doing that. And they make sure that you need, you have those vitamins in your body, but you're still in a fasted state. So this is all, it's based on like clinical trials and they're not customizing it per person. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. All right. Back to Chagachino. So <laughs> you had a bunch of ailments, right? Like you were stressed some of the time yeah. and you had IBS. You found yeah. Chaga to be your saving grace. Pretty much. I mean, growing up, I was an act, like it's just a normal active kid. I was playing basketball, but soccer, always running around. And, and I was so obsessed with competition and sports and I just enjoyed it so much, but I was getting pulled out of school for weeks at a time, missing games because I would be like kneeled over in fetal position from stomach pain at a very young age. I remember the second or third grade, you know, so I was probably five or six years old and my parents were taking me out of school for a week at a time and I'm screaming. They don't know what's wrong with me going to see every doctor, every specialist. And, you know, they check in the Western system, they'll usually check for diseases or they usually check for, you know, cancer or diseases or growths or things like that. But no one even, no one ever thought to say, Hey, what are you eating every day? Like what's in your diet? A wholesome perspective was, was missing. 
it was totally missing at the time. You know, my mom was such a great mom and so loving, but I just think at that time they, they didn't have an awareness like we do now around it. It was Ronald McDonald playgrounds at McDonald's luring kids in happy meals. It was, you know, Tony, the tiger on the frosted flake cereal, toucan, Sam, all these things luring kids in. And what's in that stuff. It's loaded with sugar, loaded with chemicals. You know, people count calories, but they should be counting chemicals, all these chemicals putting in my body every day for every meal. And then it was mass produced foods, lunchables processed meats you know when they're giving you a cracker all the fiber all the nutrition is pulled out of it it's just glue in your gut you know that's how it's digesting Um, my mother-in-law says that glue in the gut yeah and, and you know your gut there's a lot of stuff now around fermented foods prebiotics probiotics which chaga is amazing for it's both a prebiotic and a probiotic anyways they say trust your gut right because it's your second brain and the whole microbiome now is like that brain gut connection is is so strong and getting so much more tension from nutritionists and the scientific community. You know, when you're just plugging your gut up with glue and a bunch of chemicals, you're going to feel brain fog. You're going to feel inflammation, which was probably what I was feeling. It's bloatedness, inflammation, cramps, and all those things. So I was just very sensitive to the food system. I couldn't drink milk at the time. By the time I was like eight years old. Now I look around and I go to these coffee shops and I see all my friends' refrigerators. There's no milk in the fridge anymore. It's all almond milk, oat milk. You know, at the time when I was growing up, it was soy milk. It was the only alternative you could get. And it was like, they said, oh no, don't drink too much soy because it has estrogen in it and this and that. I don't think there's a lot of truth around that when it comes to the amount that we were consuming. Because if you look at a Japanese diet, they're eating soy all day, edamame and tofu. I do think there's like a threshold that you can hit where it does affect your hormones. But I think it was just kind of something they said at the time. So I had to make my own nut milk with my mom when we were young because the other stuff didn't exist. So you were were so ahead of the curve. Yeah. And it's amazing to see how everyone caught up. And and also the gluten-free trend, gluten-free trend, not trend, movement here to stay you know i mean i was i was in rome a couple years ago every restaurant has gluten free on on their restaurant windows and restaurant free uh, gluten free on their menus in italy you know and that's like the pasta capital of the world so i was like blown away by that this is a not just a national thing this is like a worldwide thing and now i'm seeing everybody's is lactose intolerant everyone is having these gut problems now everyone is gluten free because again i don't think there's a huge problem with bread when you do it the right way when it has the fiber when it has the nutrients in it the way that like our ancestors made it but when they're sucking it out in the lab and making white rice by taking all the nutrition out all the fiber out and they're just leaving you with this like sticky glue that goes into your gut and spikes your insulin levels. It's a quick hit for your for your brain. It's like it's hitting the pleasure sensor, but you're not getting that nutrition and that medicine in your body. You're actually getting something that's hurting your body. And for me, it was like I was getting sick all the time as a kid. I was having stomach pain. I was I was feeling really bad. And there weren't products out there at the time when I was growing up to address this. Like I said, there was soy milk, but there wasn't almond milk and these nut other drinks. So we were making them ourselves. And to cut the sugar. I discovered agave and that still has a, a lot of sugar in it, but it's a healthier, low glyce- lower glycemic product. I was looking at other products that I could use that wouldn't spike my uh, insulin levels. And my mom and I started growing our own stevia leaves because stevia was actually illegal in the US till 1993. I don't know why. In Japan, it was being used in these other countries. Maybe it was lobbying by the soda companies, but it wasn't legal until... The, somewhere in the 90s. So we would make it ourselves. We would grow the leaves, grind them up, have our own stevia. We were also making our own kombucha at the time. It was before Dave GT was out and fermenting foods, probiotics, and just trying to heal myself. You know, and when I did see doctors, when I was old enough, when I was like 12 or 13, they would start giving me pills. And then next thing I know, a couple of years later, my, I have hormone imbalances. I have all this brain fog. My bone density was so low that the doctor was scared that I was going to break my bones just walking. And I'm a guy who's playing basketball and sports and all this stuff every day. And I'm like, how is that possible? So I had a really bad experience with pharma. I just tried to heal myself with diet, food, herbs. You know, like I said, I was, we were experimenting with the blood type diet at the time. We were experimenting with every diet under the sun. When I say diet, it wasn't like calorie related. It was just the right food combining and the right ways to eat, you know, paleo, keto, blood type, those kind of things, intermittent fasting, all of those things did help, you know, and then 
luckily, fortuitously, at the time, when I was about 16, I started dating a girl whose parents were near Burning Man. They lived out there near the Nevada, near the, I don't know exactly where Burning Man is, but I think it was near the Nevada uh, border. Anyway, somewhere in Northern California. And um, it's kind of, it was off the grid. That's the thing. Literally, like they lived in a mountain that the, that they built and it was completely off the grid, solar powered. Wait, uh, you're 16 at the time? Yeah. How did you meet this person if she's like in a cave in the mountains? Well, she left when she was like 15 to, to start pursuing modeling. So she was flying to New York, Italy and oh, all these wow. places. And I was punching up way above my league at that time. <laughs> so, so, so we Where did you grow up, by the way, when you Los were with Angeles. your mom doing the... Okay, so you're grinding yeah. with Stevie Leaves in LA with your mom in the backyard. All in LA, doing all this stuff just to heal myself. And, um, you know, I was always someone that really cared about the flavor of things too. I didn't want to just eat chalk and plug my nose and take a wheatgrass shot and have to suffer. Like, food should be pleasurable. And, you know, you really see that when you go to like Napa and you have a carrot out there that's not a Monsanto seed and it's like organic or maybe it's biodynamic farmed and you can just eat that carrot on its own and no sauce. no And it's delicious. And it's just like the quality of the ingredients matter so much. You know, and I learned that, um, that just about at a young age, just that purity of ingredient really matters and makes things taste good. You don't need to add all these fillers, binders, preservatives, chemicals. You only need to do that when you're using bad ingredients and you're trying to get something that tastes good. You had artificial natural flavors and all that stuff. But, you know, if you have pure, really good ingredients. Nothing's necessary to be added. So I was always formulating with my mom for taste growing up because we wanted things that taste delicious. I didn't want to have to suffer through eating a, you know, a salad with nothing on it. You know, we would make things really, really delicious. But anyways, going back to the cave girl in time, the cave girl, I met her, we met in Los Angeles and she was modeling. And after a few months of dating, she ended up taking me back to her her parents house and I got to meet them. And it was like, it was like going back to like the hob- a hobbit house. It was built in the mountain and her parents are rehabbing wild animals, like eagles that had wings that were damaged. And there were llamas on the property. There was all kinds of wild animals, squirrels and coyotes and you name it. And they were just helping them. And then they'd release them into the wild. And then she took me to this other area where the parents were, extract making these like tinctures they were extracting herbs and making tinctures out of them and all these new things that i've never seen ashwagandha he st john's wort nettle leaves uh i mean all of these new things that i had never seen before they showed me how they were doing it and i was telling them about some of my health issues and they're like just put a couple of drops of this under your tongue and a couple of drops of that under your tongue and so i started experimenting with these plant extracts and then they would shipped them to me and I was taking them. And I learned that every country has their sort of superfood adaptogen. You know, it's maca in Peru and it's hishawu in, in Japan. And, you know, it's medicinal mushrooms like chaga, rishi in um, Eastern Europe and Asia. And, you know, the, I like to think about the adaptogens as sort of the, the cream of the crop of superfoods. There's, there's 12 to 15 of them and they have indigenous use. They go back thousands of years, predate religion. They're safe. There's efficacy behind them. There's a lot of research. Chaga, for example, has over 1,600 research papers, peer-reviewed, PubMed, John Hopkins, you know, Sloan Kettering Cancer Research Center. You know, we can't make disease claims, but all of those studies are out there. Tumor shrinkage. So if it could treat that, imagine what it can do for a healthy person. It's just someone who wants to like live well. So I got really into that world experimenting with herbs, learning how to make extracts, um, all in this journey of trying to heal myself. That was kind of my, my foundation into this. It was just my health and wellness journey was all about trying to heal myself. I was poisoned by the food system, poisoned by pharma and extra sensitive to it, uh, than the average person. But I started to see everyone is experiencing these same issues. It's just happening a little bit later for that, from the lactose intolerant issues to the gluten-free issues, to the low glycemic keto movement, to the adaptogen movement and superfoods and clean ingredients. And now people are being more mindful about natural flavors because natural flavor sounds good before we were worried about artificial flavors. 
you know, natural flavors are made in the lab and highly processed. And, and it's a way for the food companies to hide what's in your product. If you look at the ingredient panel on a Coca-Cola, it'll say high fructose corn syrup, water, natural flavors. And then there's also phosphoric acid in there. But that's it. So you're like, okay, what? so what's actually in this Coca-Cola? Is it vegan? Vegetarian? You see me freaking out, but anyone who's listening can't see my head nodding a million miles an hour. I am <laughs> so adamant about this. I have emailed companies. I have DM'd companies saying like, I really enjoy your food, but I want to make sure that what I'm putting in my body is safe. Can you tell me what these natural flavors actually are? Some have said, some have said they can't because it's a, uh, what's that word? Proprietary. Thank you. Proprietary, which I think it's kind of a cop out, but I think you're hitting the nail on the head. This is going to be a huge issue in the next however many years because we kind of forgot now like how artificial flavoring is even a big deal because it's not really in that many products. But now you read a label of any processed food or beverage, natural flavors, oh, natural. Okay, great. It's a carrot. It's a derivative of a beet. Like, no, you're right. It's being maybe taken from what would be normally natural and then completely re- adjusted in a chemical form in a lab. Exactly. Yeah. And early on in this journey, you know, my background is in technology. I was running data centers and bringing millions of websites online. So this health and wellness journey was kind of just being pursued in my personal life, not in my professional life. And when I made the transition to, when I had discovered Chaga, it had helped me more than anything on the planet. And I, like I said, I had experimented with every diet you could think of. We were doing so much to try and heal myself. So Chaga, I was I was making it the old-fashioned way at first, where it was, I was getting the chaga chunks, I was grinding them like you would grind coffee, and then putting them in a steep like a tea, but steeping them for about 12 to 24 hours. And I didn't want to leave the stove on for that long, you know, because who knows what could happen with the gas and the, so I, I bought a crock pot, electric, and that's how I recommend doing it. Um, for anyone who's interested. And chaga is, the reason I landed on chaga was because it's it's really a unique mushroom. You know, it's in the fungi kingdom and there's about 1.6 million fungi in the kingdom. Obviously there's the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom that we're in. As these kingdoms split apart during evolution, this, okay, sorry, this is the really boring part that I'm getting into right now. No, this is um, awesome. I have a question. A friend asked yeah. me what chaga really was and I said, it's a mushroom. And there's a bunch of benefits. And I took the chaga box from Renewed that I have, and I read off all the benefits, more antioxidants than cherries and blueberries, whatever. She's mm -hmm. like, okay, but I Googled chaga because I saw you post it, and it says it's not a mushroom. So depending on who you're talking to or what area is it for, it's from, could that affect if it's called a mushroom or not? Yeah, that's a great question. There's even argument among mycologists about chaga because it's so unique. Um, but Right now, it's in the fungi kingdom and considered a mushroom. It grows. Think about tree, like the mushrooms. Right? It grows on trees. Yeah. So th think about like the mushrooms that grow on the ground as the ones you can put on your pizza or maybe they're poisonous or whatever. The ones that grow on trees are typically the medicinal mushrooms, n meaning they're not going to get you high, but they're going to um, have medicinal qualities because they're pulling their nutrients from the tree. And you think about a tree, you're like, oh, wow. Like the birch tree, for example, for that chaga grows on, that tree is one of the healthiest trees in the world. You're talking about something that can live hundreds of years. It has unbelievable nutrients in there. So the chaga is growing on the tree. Its relationship with the tree is really interesting. It'll grow on about one in 10,000 birch trees, only in freezing places, only in wild forests, basically. So you can't cultivate it or grow it like you can with coffee or rice or any crop. It has to grow in the wild. That's why they call it the diamond of the forest you, it, you know, in Japan. You have to find it. They call it black gold in Russia. You have to literally go out there and find it on a tree. And not just any tree. It's the birch tree. And not just any birch tree. It has to be in a freezing place. So if you go to Hawaii, there's birch trees all over the place, but you're not going to find chaga. It needs to be in Alaska. It needs to be in, you know, in in Canada somewhere. In Siberia, uh, we source some from there. And our wild foragers will literally GPS the tree when they find it because sustainably harvesting chaga means leaving 30% of it on the tree so it can regrow and be reharvested in a few years. We have a whole series of trees that are GPS in the wild. And, you know, sometimes it's growing high up on the tree and you have to find it. And in the snow, it's hard to see it. It's, it, it's, it's literally wild. <laughs> so it's in the it's, wild and it is wild. 
Yes. So like I was saying, there's like, you know, there's different levels to farming. There's organic and then there's biodynamic and then there's wild foraging, which is even like the highest level. That's where chaga is coming from. And it's pulling the nutrients from the tree growing at about an inch per year until after about five to 10 years, it's the size of like a football or beehive, let's say. And that's when it's ready to be harvested. At that time, it's the most nutrient dense food on the planet by far. It, it had pre-digested all those nutrients from the birch tree. And that's the story about it. You know, this isn't something you can just grow for a few months, like a crop that's, you know, grows every, uh, you know, season or so, or, or annually. This, this has been 10 years on this, one of the strongest, healthiest trees in the world. So we're talking about highest antioxidants on the planet by far compared to acai blueberries. It's like 30 pounds of carrots or, uh, three pounds of blueberries uh, per serving, you know, for a gram of chaga, which is a very small amount, you know, and that's, uh, there's about that much in every chaga chino. So that's the antioxidants. And that's, that, that basically is for your immune support. So it gives you unbelievable immune support. I haven't been sick in four years. And I used to like, like I said, I used to get sick all the time. I would get not even a cold, cold, not even a cold. And I would get the summer cold, the winter flu. The only thing I get from time to time is allergies in LA sometimes when the season change, but it's just completely stopped that. It's an immunomodulator, meaning like when you go, and I know I'm getting really technical here, but when you go to like Whole Foods and buy, and you're feeling under the weather and you buy that echinacea or that, that um, those pills, what, what do they call them? Um, like vitamin C and zinc? Like, a, like, yeah, vitamin C, zinc, but there's like, there's like names for- uh, Emergency, yeah. but I don't really like that. Yeah, like, emer- like The second yeah, ingredient so- is sugar. So it's like, yeah. okay. Right. But product products in that family, those are all meant to like hit the gas pedal on your immune system. And like when you get, when we get sick, it's either a virus or a bacteria that comes into our system. Um, you know, and people are so aware of this with COVID now and the masks and everything, but you know, basically there's two types of ways to, to traditionally get, get sick. It's either a virus or a bacteria that comes into our system, whether you got that from going to the gym and touching something or touching your face or being in a steam room or a shower or like, just talking to somebody that was sitting across from you. There's so many ways to, for these things to come into our body. And a lot of times they're not that threatening. You know, a lot of times they'll just go away on their own, but I had an overactive immune system, meaning like it would see a little spark come in and then it would call the firing squad and say, Hey, bring the hoses over. We need to like get this fire out before it becomes huge. And they call the fire department and then boom, I hope I have 102 fever. I'm in bed for a week. I'm like, oh God, that, that's my body's immune response to this bacteria virus. And that's kind of hitting the gas, putting the gas pedal on it. And that's what a lot of these products do when you're feeling sick. Um, but what Chaga does is it's an immunomodulator. So it can actually hit the brakes on your immune system and say, hey, that's, that spark's not going to turn into a fire. We don't need to send the firing squad out. We don't need to have a huge fever and make this guy feel sick or this girl feel sick. Let's just let that spark go away on its own. It's not that threatening. So that's what's happened. And, and so it actually hits the brakes on my immune system and, and says, we're just going to let that go away. And if it is, if the immune response is needed, an immunomodulator can hit the gas pedal or brakes on your immune system. So that's one thing that makes it really special. There's very few products that do that and things in nature that work with your body in that way. So highest antioxidants on the planet by far, it's an immunomodulator. And then highest alkaline food on the planet. We were talking about prebiotic, probiotic, all that stuff, but alkalinity is huge. And every product that you see pH waters and gen aniston and, and, and all this stuff. So Basically what that means is we live in a very acidic climate, whether you're in a city and it's pollution or whether it's some foods you put in your body, we're very acidic. Um, everyone's so focused. It's funny. People get so focused on things. And I do too. Like, Oh, am I getting enough protein? Am I good? But it's really, it's, it's really like, how acidic are you? What's your pH level? You know, how much chemicals have you put in your body today? You know, those are really the questions we should be asking. Chaga is the highest alkaline food on the planet, meaning it has zinc, iron, magnesium, all of these things in abundance. And it's basically like, you know, the co- coffee even can be acidic and as a co- and, and sometimes we got to hang over from it. So it's really synergistic with coffee. There's a lot of amazing things about coffee too, but it'll bring your pH back into balance. The chaga will, so as, as your body gets acidic from all these things, the environment, foods you've eaten, 
it'll bring you back into balance, which is amazing. So highest alkalinity food on the planet as well. Also highest melanin on the planet, which is amazing for beauty. So in order to survive on the birch tree in a freezing climate in Alaska, let's say, it, it grows this outer layer. It's this dark, almost like armor. And, you know, it can be sunny in Alaska in the summer, and then it can be freezing minus 50 degrees. So you can imagine what it takes to survive in that climate. And it grows this outer layer and it has, it's like this black outer crust that literally is, has the most melanin out of any fruit on the planet. And, you know, melanin is, is just like the, the treasure trove for, for beauty. Um, you know, our skin health, psoriasis, literally cures psoriasis, um, eczema, all these skin conditions, but even for a healthy skin, it just, it's just glowing radiant skin also keeps your hair color, eye color strong. So if you're getting grays, it'll, it'll help, you know, have that vibrant brown or blonde or whatever color or red. And it'll bring that back. Same thing with your eye color. And actually a lot of people don't know this. Melanin is also the number one food for the pineal gland. So in between our left and right hemisphere of our brains, we have our pineal gland. And this is just straight like science. This isn't any woo woo stuff. You don't have to worry. I love the woo woo. And so does my Uh audience. We're all for the woo woo. We can get into that too then. But so, so melanin is, you know, the number one food for your pineal gland. Okay. So I guess they would call it your third eye. Um, And, you know, that's, that's something that's feeding your intuition and your internal compass, you know? And I feel like in a time like now where, you know, we're, we're looking at Instagram and we're looking at social media, different news channels and fake news here, fake news there, this headline, that headline, we almost like, it's, it's really hard to know like what's the truth and what's real. And this melanin is an amazing way to get in touch with your third eye, your internal compass, decalcifying your pineal gland and just getting back in touch with our own nature and and inside ourselves to make decisions. In the actual chaga packet, what I quickly just tried to Google this. What are the actual ingredients in the chaga packet? What we try to do is kind of bring out the flavors that are in the chaga. So because it grows on a birch tree, people you know, people think about mushrooms, like I said, like about things you put on your pizza or that kind of thing. But this is growing on a birch tree. And you think about the birch tree and a similar flavor profiles is like the maple maple. And we make maple syrup. They also make birch syrup. So there's these like kind of like sweet uh, vanilla cinnamony flavors in the chaga when you do the steep and you make a tea out of it. So we're just kind of enhancing those flavors. So we put raw cacao from Peru. That also gives you that mocha kind of coffee taste. Sometimes let's call it a mushroom mocha. It's got cinnamon, but not just any cinnamon. We use the adaptogen version, which is the Ceylon cinnamon. It's the healthiest version. It's from Sri Lanka. We're also using a monk fruit sweetener, which comes from Japan. It's actually zero calories because the chaga doesn't have calories. Cacao does, but at, at the level in the packet that we're using it, because so little is needed, it's actually still considered zero calories. Ceylon cinnamon, the same thing. And monk fruit's calorie-free. So it's an amazing way to just have that mocha frappuccino. Some people say like melted ice cream flavor. It's so delicious. Thank you. It's, it's just, some people say it tastes like cinnamon toast crunch when, uh, when you drink the milk at the end. I'm going to take better so, note next time I do. Mm-hmm. Did it we used to have, to or does it currently first. have erythritol? Yeah, there is some to balance out the monk fruit flavor because monk fruit is actually two to 300 times sweeter than sugar and can have like a really funky aftertaste. So we blend it with a little bit of erythritol. It's the healthiest sort of zero calorie sugar alcohol type of sweetener on the planet. It doesn't pass through your your GI tract. It actually gets absorbed in your body and you pee it out. (laughs) It actually acts as like an antioxidant as well. And it's keto friendly. It's the most tolerable sugar alcohol out there. Does it cause bloating? People have said that erythritol or any sugar alcohol can really not hurt your tummy, but have that bloating sensation. It can in in certain, in, in certain people overall, it's the least bloating out of the other sugar alcohols. So it's just the best thing that we have out there that tastes just like sugar that can blend with the monk fruit. You know, we're open to, because we want to be flavor first and taste good first. Um, you know, we're using the best product available. Uh, you know, so 
a lot of times if you have stevia or monk fruit on their own, they have this weird aftertaste. And our product is just, it ta- literally tastes just like sugar, the chocolate chino. Um, and that's the number one thing people, the baristas get asked in the coffee shops. You promise there's no sugar in here? You swear there's no sugar in here? And they always have to say, yes, we promise there's no sugar. They're like, but it tastes just like sugar. I and, was one of those yeah. customers, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. First time in LA, I was like, do you promise? And we're not the only ones doing it that way. There's a, there's another amazing company called Lacanto that has a monk fruit sweetener and they're doing it. Every product that you have, like stevia, you know, in the raw, it, if you actually look at the ingredient panel, because it's 300 times more sweeter than sugar, they're always going to add something else to it. So stevia in the raw has dextrose. All of those little packets that you get in the coffee shops have other ingredients in there. Because think about it. How could you fill a whole packet with stevia when you just need one drop of it in there because it's 300 times more sweet than sugar so they're they're putting fillers in there and in the chagachino there's no binders there's no fillers there's no emulsifier so it's a very clean i love product. that if you just take like cacao for example from peru they're taking the cacao they're, they're opening it up there's these little cacao pods they look like almonds in a way and you know that's what they use to make chocolate and they're just grinding them up and that's it they take the vanilla pod from Madagascar. They just grind it up and they throw it in. They have two-year shelf life. So there's no need to add a preservative. The only time you need to add preservatives and fillers and binding all these things is when you're using bad ingredients that don't last long. You know, the stuff from the earth was made to last, and and that's what we're doing. So we took every ingredient one by one that basically has the flavor profile of like a mocha frappuccino or a mocha latte, and we just went one by one and took the healthy ingredients and then we spiked it with an adaptogen. And that is what the chaga chino is. So walk me through this. You're 16 in the cave, watching the eagle fix his wing, taking a tincture. And then from that point until when did you start the renewed business? Because you were in tech? Yeah. What's the path looking like? I'm guessing I'm, not yes. linear. No. So I'm building data centers, bringing websites online. This is in the late 90s, early 2000s. That whole tech boom happened. And I taught myself to program and, and build servers and Did all you that go to stuff. school I, for tech or did you do anything in nutrition? No, no. I've just always been a curious tinker type of person. I went to school. I, gradu- I graduated top of my class at UCLA, summa cum laude. I was studying philosophy and sociology. I was really interested in psychology and just the way society works. And also those were great pre-majors to go to business school or law school, which was the path I was on. And then as, it, this, as the internet was start, just starting, AOL dial up, I could just see that everything was going to go online. That was the future. So I just had to like jump into that. So I put my law school or business school aspirations on hold and just taught myself to program. And Thomas and I just learned. I was read every book I could on it. I was just kind of hacking online and figuring it out myself. I learned this. I basically learned the language. It is a language, you know, and it's a, it's a constantly evolving language and changing language. I taught myself, launched a website in the late '90s, early 2000s, and started saying, "Hey, if you want to start bringing your companies online, I can help you." And millions of websites we brought online to the point where we had to build the data center, a whole big server farm um, for all these websites to house them. Yeah. So we allowed people to just like bring their businesses online and do commerce online. And now obviously Amazon and Microsoft and all the big players are in it. But at that time they weren't, it was people like me, you know, and talk about intuition. uh, You had that third eye going strong. I I was ODing on the tinctures back then. (laughs) So (laughs) they were were guiding me. I I was like a little under my tongue here, a little under my tongue there. So I, I knew where things were going. The herbs you- were telling me. The earth was telling me. Actually, if you think about it, like mushrooms are interesting because they have this thing called mycelium, which is like the like the sort of roots of the mushroom. If you look under a forest or if you look at a drawing of, of like a mycelium sort of, you can Google images mycelium, you'll see it looks just like a highway or in the internet. It's, it's just a web of communication under the ground and they actually communicate with each other. So under a forest, they're sending information to each other. It's actually the original internet. So for example, if there's like an insect coming onto a plant, the mycelium will send a signal to that plant to let it know like, hey, there's an insect. Like, so if you can open or close, it's time to close right now because that insect's about to eat eat your goods. So they're literally, it's the original internet and there's information being transferred in this 
this sort of fungi root network. And not only are they communicating with the mushrooms, they're communicating with plants. A lot of people would say, if you ask them, what's the, yeah, the biggest living thing on the planet? What's the biggest living thing on the planet? What would you say? Ooh. Would I say the rainforest? Am I just off? No, no, I mean, like a living thing. But yeah, I mean, I guess you could, you could make an argument that rainforest is a living thing. How about a whale? Yeah, exactly. That's a great guess. It's actually a mushroom. What? It's the biggest living organism on the planet. Yeah. How? So this mycelial network, I think it's an organ. Um, you can Google this and fact check this later. But it's basically this mycelial network. And then this mushroom is growing in the forest from these like web of mushrooms. And it's it's growing in this forest. It's just It's like I think somewhere around like four football fields in size. It's just one giant mushroom. Biggest organism on the planet. we need to take a field trip. This sounds really <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So that's wow. the, the original internet. I mean, it made sense that we were going to have these connections. Right now, the way that data transfers is through bandwidth or fiber optic. So that's instead of right. the mushroom roots, we created our own roots. And these fiber optic cables are just our version of mushroom roots. And the information that we're sending on our computers and even these sound bites are traveling through those cables that are built underground. You know, we built telephone poles above ground. Sometimes they're buried, but all of the the data transfer, the information highway for the internet is built beneath the ground. You know, there's companies like Global Crossings that actually built lines beneath the ocean. So it's just like almost a glass tube and the information is bouncing in those glass tubes in ones and zeros at the speed of light. That's how information travels. And so we, we had the blueprint for that in these mycelium, which are mushroom roots. You're just that's what, yeah. brilliant. That's what I'm realizing <laughs> through talking to you. So you're, you built a data center. Yes. Now bring me to Renewed. So I was, like I said, I was making chaga the old fashioned way of doing that steep in my crock pot. And then I was doing different recipes with it. So after I made it, I had this like really rich medicinal tea and it was helping me more than all the other adaptogens and superfoods and diets I was having. I was then putting it in, I was bottling it, putting it in the fridge, similar to how I make my kombucha. I would then, once I do the second fermentation, I'd put it in the fridge or like spice it up a little. I put like pomegranates in it, blueberries, this flavor, that flavor. I was doing the same thing with the chaga tea. So I was doing like organic lemons and then some agave and making a chaga palmer, this really medicinal, um, delicious tea. And then I was experimenting yeah. with different flavors. And every time my friends kept coming over, they kept drinking all of my supply. So I was like, oh my God, I can't even keep any of this stuff in my fridge for myself. So I was like, all right, I got to get this out there. This stuff's helping me and my friends are drinking it all, my family. Instead of hiring some expensive market research group, we said, all right, we got farmer's markets down the street from us. I'm right here in Melrose Place, in Hollywood, in Malibu. We're lucky to live in LA. You know, there's so many people going to these farmer's markets. So I registered a company. At that time, I called it On Chaga. I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, sometimes they say entrepreneurship is jumping out of the airplane and you build a parachute on the way down. I just jumped out and I registered the company. And, and then How old we are figured you at this out, time? I'm already like... I'm in my mid thirties at this time. So all I've known is the internet world. And, and my friends are saying, you're crazy. Like if you want to do another company, you should do it. in, you know, the skill sets that you've learned and around, you know, programming or internet or build an app or do this or that. I'm like, no, my gut is telling me to do this. And no, this your third eye. My third eye and my gut. Of course. Cause they're so, connected. So I just had to trust my third eye. So, so I went in this direction and I took this leap of faith. And, you know, at first it wasn't a huge thing. We just had to, we set up a farmer's market booth. I wanted to test these flavors. So we had the plain chaga tea. We had the chaga palmer. We had kind of a fun decadent drink that was like a play on the horchata. We called it horchaga. So we were doing like a rice milk with like I love a lot that. Of cinnamon and cacao. It was delicious. I love that one. And we were sweetening it with our monk fruit sweetener. And then we had the chaga chino. And then week after week, People came. We were putting them in kegs and having them on draft. We had our little square card reader and it was like, people are ordering the Chagachino five to one at first, then it's seven to one, then it's 10 to one over the other drinks. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm happy to bring this amazing adaptogen, mushroom, whatever you want to call it, into people's lives in any format. But this is clearly how they want to consume it. They want it in a coffee delivery system, a latte delivery system. You know, they wanted their mushroom coffee. 
And I'm like, okay, well, where are people getting coffee at the coffee shops? I just wanted to meet people where they were at. So we put it in the coffee delivery system. We met people at the coffee shops. And then Alfred was the first one that we had approached. It's a really trendy coffee shop in Los Angeles where you can at any time see anyone from Justin Bieber to Harry Styles to the Kardashians to you name it, right? Gwyneth Paltrow. And they took a chance on us. We were like, look, mushroom coffee. They're like, what? <laughs> we're like, it's the next thing. So wait, you walk into Alfred at one of the locations and you just say, like, this is like a cold, not a cold call, a cold pitch. And that's how yeah. it developed. And wow. At the time, I'm just talking to the barista, trying to get information on you know who to talk to. And eventually I get to their manager and I get a meeting with him and I'm sampling chaga for him and showing him what a chaga trunk looks like. And Good for he's you. Really in, he's really into teas and exotic things. And there's nothing more exotic than something that came off a birch tree in Alaska or Siberia. And that was steeped for 24 to 48 hours that was used by indigenous people 5,000 years ago. It's just, it's a crazy thing. And he, I think he had heard of it, but never tried it. And so sampling it for him in the plain way. And then in the way that we were having it, and then we invited him to the farmer's market the next week and see the line around the corner for our booth. And he tried it and he loved it. And it still took a month or two. They then said they were going to launch it in one of their cafes on Melrose Place. And we had a big party and tried to, you know, get everyone there we could for Instagram and social media and PR. And almost immediately, it was one of their most popular drinks. Gwyneth Paltrow is posting Rice Chagachino. Hillary Duff's posting Rice Chagachino. And this is all unsolicited. Like, we weren't, this is all organic. Like, People love posting their lattes and their food that they're eating, but when it's 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 a mushroom latte, it's a mushroom mocha. It's like a weird, strange drink. So people were like, like, whoa! It was the first time they had seen this at a coffee shop. You know, maybe people have had experience with Four Sigmatic or at home with the mushroom coffee, but not in the coffee shop. So similar to the way Impossible Burger, or like Beyond Meat, met people at the burger joints, we met people at the coffee shops, and then after the success of Alfred. We said, okay, we got to get this in every coffee shop in the U.S. We've been working on that for the last year and a half. And now we're in over 600 coffee shops in between Los Angeles and New York and Seattle. Uh, now we're in Colorado, Arizona. We have a store locator on our website at drinkrenew.com. Austin, Texas. Can... Austin, Texas. Exactly. I love that location. Wait, so were you launched in what year? We first launched that Alf in Alfred in 2018. Wow. And... Yeah, Look so how far you've come, time. and it's such a short time. So we were making a mushroom latte and a keg, and pretty soon after, I realized that was a bad idea because it was like, you know, the shelf life was only a week, but they were going through these kegs so fast at Alfred that it didn't matter, but I was always worried about it. Just a logistical nightmare. And then how do you scale that business? You know, Am I going to now make kegs for other coffee shops? So we pivoted in 2019 to powder which was just a drop in mix way, which is similar to the package that, that you're seeing where it's like you just drop it in your latte, stir it up, and then you transform your latte into a chagachino. That was a lot more simple <laughs> and that was scalable. And that was a much better way to get chaga than chagachino into people's hands and lips to liquid. That was basically the evolution. So we, in the modern format, we didn't start expanding the business till like July of 2019. So it's been about two years, a year and a half to two years since we really started expanding it, getting to 600 calf days. I hope people who are listening are hearing your story and thinking, wow, if he did all of this and is still grinding and now successful, you know, I can do it too. So often people will say to me, I tried this idea. It didn't work. Do you have any advice? I'm like, what idea? this one idea. I'm like, okay, great. So you tried one idea. How about like pivoting your mindset or shifting to a different thing, whatever it may be. I'm blown away. I had no idea this was the story. So thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, yeah, I think people, a lot of times, I think society teaches us, culture teaches us, work harder, work harder, and you'll succeed, work hard, and you'll succeed. And that, while that is good advice, that's not the only advice because you can run faster on the same treadmill going nowhere. So you can actually work harder and not get anywhere. You have to constantly tinker and change and experiment. And if we would have stayed on the path that we were on in the keg world and not tinkered and made a change, and uh, we never would have been able to scale. So sometimes it's about getting off that treadmill, drinking some chocolate, getting that perspective. 
giving yourself permission to get off. It's okay to get off the treadmill. It's okay to stop for a second. It's okay to pause and take a take that mountain view perspective. Go on a hike, go to the beach, you know, or whatever it is that gets you out of your bubble and your routine and your groundhog day. Just take a look at your blueprint and say, okay, I want to or your vision board or whatever it is and, and make a note of what you want to change and why and all those things. And that was kind of, like I said, I always let, let intuition guide me. I'm not, I didn't go to market research group to figure out the flavors. I did originally go to a flavor house where my friends were like, all right, if you're going to do this beverage thing, just there's companies that will like formulate it for you. They have the food scientists, they do the branding, the packaging, they'll get you three flavors. You can come out with this drink. I went there and it was the same thing that you talked about. Molly, where there's people in, co- in lab coats in the other room and they're like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do your packaging for you and you'll have three flavors. And I'm like, but what? first of all, I was like, why do I need three flavors? They're like, everyone does three flavors. You can have your lime, you can have your, 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 your Arnold Palmer, you can have your plain one and you can have your vanilla flavor, your strawberry flavor. I'm like, but I just, but Coca-Cola only needed one flavor. You know what I mean? I'm like, why do I need three? And they're like, that's just what everyone does, you know? So that. I never liked that answer. Constantly challenging the status quo. Yeah, it just didn't just didn't make sense to me. Does Impossible Burger have three flavors? They just came out with one Impossible Burger. Uh, I'm like, so when we actually formulate these flavors, am I involved in that process? And they say, yeah, of course, we're going to sample it for you. And I'm like, okay, well, what what does that look like? They're like, well, we have our flavor person in there, and they're wearing like a white coat. I'm like, okay, so if I wanted to do like a lemon flavor, they're like, yeah, we would have our, we have our lemon flavor in there. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I find out that it's a natural flavor. I'm like, well, so where does that lemon flavor come from? And they're like, basically they're trying to get you to buy their lemon natural flavor to use in your beverage. So you're on the hook for their lemon flavor. So they're helping you create this recipe in hopes that they can be sort of your gas station that you have to go to every time, every time you need that lemon flavor, you need to call them. They're the only ones that make it. Um, and then, yeah, of course there's other companies that make a lemon natural flavor, but it's always going to be a little different. So it's going to taste different. So you're kind of on the hook to, for their flavor. And then I'm like, well, what's in that lemon flavor? And they couldn't tell me they will, they refuse to go deeper than that. When you say what's in your lemon natural flavor, go, what if we have some vegan customers want to make sure it's not coming from an animal. There's some wild stuff that you wouldn't even believe. I mean, you have to Google this to, to believe it. Um, and, and it's on reputable sites like national geographic, but like there's a popular vanilla natural flavor, castorium, that's actually goo that comes from a beaver's butt. No way. You can way. Google it. Yeah. What so, the fuck? I don't even know, like, was there somebody going around smelling beaver butts to figure this out? How did the first person find this? Like, it's unbelievable to me, but a lot of people drinking vanilla lattes that I know that are a lot of people baking with. Now, vanilla extract is fine because that's being extracted from the vanilla bean. But I'm talking about vanilla natural flavor, which which is what's in like a vanilla Coke or maybe in some baking products. Is this the thing if you, you go to the coffee shop and you have all the syrups in the back and it's like vanilla, yeah, caramel? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that vanilla pump has vanilla natural flavors, which is goo from a beaver's butt. Castorium, you can Google that and, and fact check that. That's 100% true. Wow. Um, I don't want to drink beaver butt juice. I just want real vanilla. Like, like, so I was like, okay, see you later. Like, you know, flavor house. Like I'm, I'm not going that route. There was a lot of like trial and error and a lot of obstacles in this journey. And it was not, it is not easy. There's a lot of pivoting and a lot of experimenting, a lot of tinkering and a lot of hard work. And it's all of those things and a lot of timing and a lot of luck and a lot of, you know, the right people and the connections. And it's all those things, I think. And you didn't give up. I think perseverance is a big component in your story. Totally. And we had a lot of setbacks. Like when we got out of the keg business, there was no more Chagachino at Alpha. So we didn't, we weren't selling a product for about three months. I was almost going to stop. I was like, all right, you know, this was, this was great. Like we, we did this thing at Alfred. We had the kegs. We had Gwyneth Paltrow drinking it. We had all these celebrities drinking it. You know, we made some good friends and I was, I was like ready to hang it up. And then Alfred, the managers and owners called me and they said, look, people are going crazy that we don't have Chagachino anymore. <laughs> we need to bring it back. They were actually the ones that said to me, look, we don't have any more room for kegs. Cause we just brought in like our cold brew keg and our, um, and a kombucha brand or a green tea keg or something like that. I forget what it was, but they're like, we want to just drop it into our espresso and into our lattes. 
So can you formulate a recipe for us that has that where we can have this delicious mushroom coffee drop and mix? And I was like, that's what I've always wanted to do because that's what I could do. That, that's how we can scale this business. So it's like, great, let's do it. So we, we actually brought it back there due to popular demand. And I was ready to, to stop at that point and, and, and do something else. What's you know, next in your plans? Clearly you have a lot going on. Yeah. So, I mean, Renewed is really about stripping down classic drinks and then renewing them for the health and wellness community and everybody else in the masses. You know, we're stripping them down to their new natural state. The Frappuccino taste profile was the number one coffee selling drink on the planet by far. It's like 10 times more than any other drink, whether that's a latte or cold brew. So we went after that taste profile for the masses and they responded to it. You know, it wasn't just us. It was them. It was the audience that decided. Our next product's going to probably be in the soda space. We're going to take on one of the big sodas and clean them up and make them delicious. Everything that we're seeing other companies do. And I love some of these, these trends, whether it's like a coconut base or like an apple cider vinegar base or a kombucha base, whatever the trend is, and they'll do a flavor, but it's, oh, it's still apple cider vinegar and it's still kombucha first. I'm talking about renew that flavor for everybody. So you don't have to feel shame around drinking the soda. You don't have to feel shame around drinking your favorite drink. You don't have to have high fructose corn syrup or aspartame in the diet or phosphoric acid or natural flavors. We're just going to go one by one, just like we did in the Chagachino, and take the good version of the real version of those ingredients, take out all the junk, and then we always spike it with an adaptogen. And it doesn't have to be chaga, it can be one of the 15 adaptogens, ashwagandha, maca, a few of them that I've mentioned before. So yeah, I, I mean, can't we're wait happy to try. To, yeah. So we're, we're working on that. We're also like, we launched on Amazon recently for Prime Day. They recruited us in their recruitment and development program, which was amazing. They want the hot new products on Amazon versus Walmart and Target and whatever. So, but because they care so much about their audience and they've been developing this with us and getting us on and helping us launch our product. We just launched on the 21st. We literally almost sold out within two days on Amazon. And then, you know, Courtney Kardashian ended up reaching out. She was a huge fan of the Chocachino. We sell on her website. It's on, on Poosh. Poosh. Yes. Yeah. It's Poosh approved. A lot of other fun things in the works, you know, some, some I can't even speak about because I have NDAs, but we're really moving at a fast pace right now. It's incredible to see. What is one product that you really recommend and cannot live without? I mean, that's a great question. I, I personally go through a lot of different like phases. I have a little bit of like a compulsive personality. So I'll like cycle things in for a while and then I'll stop and then I'll cycle things in for a while. So lately I've just, I've been loving like my sweet green salad for lunch. I'm trying to get on this. I'm trying to be healthier. So that's what I would say lately. Yum. All right. Before I let you go, can you share with everyone where they can buy the Chagachino and where they can find Renewed online, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, if you have, or your personal? Yeah. So we're drink.renewed on Instagram. We have a really fun TikTok under that same handle, drink.renewed. And Renewed is spelled R-E-N-U-D-E. So it's nude like naked for the Facebook people. We also are on there, drink.renewed. And yeah, you can Google Chagachino. It's spelled C-H-A-G-A-C-C-I-N-O. Or you can just go to our website, drinkrenewed.com. So it's drink, D-R-I-N-K, renewed, R-E-N-U-D-E.com. And you can buy the Chagachino from our website or learn more about it. Or go to Amazon and buy it there. Or Poosh, everyone is having different deals at different times, whether that's like a 4th of July deal or it was Prime Day. Also, we have a store locator on our website if you scroll to the bottom and see what local coffee shop it's in. Maybe you don't want to buy the box right now and you're skeptical, but you want to try a Chagachino at a coffee shop. Highly recommend doing it that way. A lot of the cafes also serve the single serve packets that you can buy for less than $3 at uh, the register, which is a great way to try it. It's basically... How to, how to experience the Chagachino. It's at a lot of cafes. And if you can't find it at your local coffee shop, tell them to email us and we'll get it in there. I love it. Um, and we're just starting the East Coast. We just started in Boston as well and a little bit in Miami and Florida. So got to make your way to Philly and really hit the scene. Yeah, we love to go to Philly. Oh my gosh, that's next for us for sure. Amazing. I got to give the plug. I believe Molly 10 will save you guys 10% if you are ordering directly from the site. And it goes without saying, I'm so, so, so happy that I had the chance to sit down and speak with you. You are 
beyond brilliant. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into because <laughs> I was just like, screw it. Like I freaking love the Giacchinos. I think the brand right. is super cool. You were very nice over our first couple calls. I was like, yeah, like I want to interview him and I'm so glad. Yeah. So thank you very much, Brandon. Thank you. This was fun. Absolutely. Talk to you again soon. Feel free to share with your friends, family, loved ones, really anyone who you think would gain value from this episode. And if you're feeling up for it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means so, so much.